Scott here from Social Energy Presents, and welcome to this podcast short from our signature show, Your Backstage Pass, featuring a special vignette from another great episode. You raise an interesting debate because, or point, and um, a point of debate, which is, you know, for me as an arranger, um, I've occasionally given talks on my process. And one of the things I always share is that for me, because you are really, at the end of the day, you're trying to honor the person who wrote the song, right? right. The original songwriter. And so I always look for some some of that raw material that really gives the song its original character and transpose that into whatever it is that I do. So, you know, I do an arrangement of Coldplay's Yellow and their version has this like pedaling kind of driving guitar um, and it's through the whole song. And I thought, well, this is going to be a jazz piano trio playing this song. <laughs> How do I do that? But, you know, and so I had this pedal point and I changed where it was in the piano and it sounded almost a little bit like something Chopin wrote, uh, the raindrop prelude. But that was my way of paying tribute to this kind of hooky driving guitar pedal. So right. yeah, I hear what you're saying, Mick. Yeah. It, uh, but, but yet on the same token, I mean, I, Here's the thing, Scott, to to to, yeah. to to give you full credit too, is that gotta get you into my life by the Beatles. The the hook line with the horns is going da 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 da. That never happens in the Earth, Wind and Fire stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think that is ever enters their arrangement. They just they changed it totally backwards, you know. But it but it worked for some reason. It's like it was almost like its own song. Do you, where, do you, do you find so, when you're do you find when you're doing arrangements of, of, of covers and all that too, that you're, you find you're writing for an, a, a new audience to introduce them to this older music through a different versioning of it or, or imagining of it? Are you asking me, Scott? Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yes. No, I mean, my brain is in a million places right now because I was just thinking about, and maybe this ties in with your question, you know, so for me, I was born in 1980 and I think of a song, an iconic song like I Will Always Love You. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the quintessential version, and it was the only version to my ear, um, was Whitney Houston's. And, mm-hmm. and then to yeah. discover yeah. retroactively, you know, um, uh, or retrospectively, uh, Dolly Parton's version, you know, mm-hmm. it was this amazing delight and, and it just added a whole new layer to the song for me and, and even brought kind of a new dimension to the way that Whitney did it. So what was your question again to make sure I actually answered it? When you you do a song like that, where you're going to put your own spin to uh, an existing uh, uh, piece, do you have in your mind that you're, you know, the audience you're, you're writing this for is actually a a newer, younger audience that wasn't around when that original piece was done so that you're, you're trying to reintroduce it in in, in your own flair or. Well, I hate to date my audiences, but. Um, the truth is, as a jazz musician, a lot of my listeners are a little bit older, um, mm-hmm. often a decade or two or even more older than I am. So, um, but I do think about, you know, the music that I'm attracted to from kind of the more mainstream realm. And, mm-hmm. and I would say that, like, you know, what, for example, what we did with Coldplay's Yellow, that did seem to particularly strike a chord with some younger listeners. Um, but I guess for me, it's even, it's not even so much about generation. It's more about genre. And um, for me as a jazz musician, you know, it's, or a musician with jazz foundations, 
it's exciting to kind of explore this space between jazz and something other. And I want to challenge my listeners, my audience, um, who in, are in large part jazz fans, mm-hmm. to kind of delve into, you know, other uh, corners of, of jazz or subgenres that, that stretch what the definition of jazz is. Right. Oh, yeah, um, you become you become quite a conduit when you think of it because you know <laughs> because true uh, I it's terrible to say because it's not really true and I know that in my heart but jazz has a tendency to have an older listening audience it's, yeah. a, it's a more sophisticated style of music right mm-hmm. and so if you can bridge a song like Yellow which is something they they'd never heard or they if they did hear it they might have turned the station. You know, because they'd want to, you know, they'd want to be listening to what they right. want. So if you can take that song, put it into their realm, and all of a sudden, and now, so the young kids are going, hey, this is cool. And they might listen to something that's more trad. And right. then and then the the uh, the older listeners would go, wow, this is cool. What song is this? And, and the grandkids go, well, that's Coldplay, Grandpa. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what I mean? So... Uh... <laughs> exactly. And, and, and by, I think you said this in a way, you're also bringing jazz like a jazz interpretation of a pop song to listeners who probably wouldn't call themselves jazz fans and they Mm -hmm. unwittingly are becoming jazz fans you know because they you've given them something familiar to sink their teeth into and i think Mm -hmm. that that's critical because jazz it used to be the pop music of its day it was the party music you know and 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 now you know it's sort of developed this kind of stuffy reputation but it's really not that at all. And it can even, I think, especially with institutionalized jazz, it can become kind of like alienating to the listener, to your average mm-hmm. listener, right? Like if you're not in the in club and you don't understand all the sophisticated harmony, then you almost have no right to be here and people will feel excluded. And I have wanted so much to kind of crack things back open again and, and invite mainstream listeners back to the table um, because jazz is meant to be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. Hey, thanks for joining us. Check out our many other podcasts featuring vignettes and full episodes from a growing list of recording artists and other music insiders. And please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so we can bring you more great content from this and many other shows we're now producing. Available both on podcast and video on demand.